everybody. Welcome to Black and White Reviews, uh, the show where we just talk about what's going on with, uh, you know, movies, TV shows, and things that are going on, pretty much whatever piques our interest. Um, in this part of what we do, we're talking about The Chosen, and with me, as always, is Chuck. Hey, guys. How's it going? And I'm Lee. So, um, we did, last week, we talked about the first episode of The Chosen, which was, uh, I Have Called You By Name, um... Was, I mean, well, I guess it's the first episode of the, of the Chosen itself, not the short. That was kind of its own separate thing, but really cool to watch. Um, and I'm glad that we were able to go through it. Um, it seemed to actually get a pretty good response. A lot of people seemed to be in, in, enjoying that episode. Um, and, you know, I'm hoping it's inspiring people to check out the show. It's just it's just such a great show. I can sit here and sing praises about it all day, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's for, for a first-time viewer, myself... Um not knowing what to expect, having this conversation with you, Lee, um, who's watched this a handful of times already, it, it's it's cool to to see how it unfolds and you know the message that it gives. It's a it's a fantastic show so far. Oh, yeah. This episode um, was even better in my opinion. I love this whole episode so much better. Yeah, you know. Apparently something good does come out of Nazareth, um, but we'll get we'll get more I was so into happy that when later. that happened. I was like, yes, <laughs> that guy was funny. I loved him. Anyway, a Barnaby, that's who he was. <laughs> well, anyway, so yeah, let's get into this, this second episode of the Chosen. This one's called Shabbat, um, so which is Sabbath for all you people who mm-hmm. don't understand he- who and, don't know Hebrew like me. Right, and it's not of the black variety uh, of Sabbaths. Um, so this. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, episode starts off in 948 B.C. in Shinnereth. I don't know how you pronounce it. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce anything in the Bible, because uh, I don't listen to other people talk about it for the most part. So He reads the New England translation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't pronounce the R's. <laughs> how do you not pronounce the R in Shinnereth? How would you do that in Boston? I have no idea. <laughs> I, taught, I taught myself to, dr- to get my R's back. I grew up near Boston. Uh, but I, I taught myself to get my R's back when I was about 11. I'm just like, you know what? I, I can't keep talking like this. <laughs> it comes out now and again, but not quite. Anyway, so it starts off in Shinnereth, 948 B.C., and you got people in tents, you know, um, and that is the worst pun that I use constantly. Every time somebody says intense, I go right to, you know, oh, did you ever hear about, you know, what happened at the circus? Oh, yeah, the, it was intense. The fire at the circus last night? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was intense. So whenever we're talking about anything else, like, I, I think um, Steve over at our church, he always says, oh, and it was intense. And I'm like, oh, so it was at the tabernacle. Okay, that makes sense. But anyway, I'm, I'm already off today, huh? <laughs> it's, so Chuck was supposed to be here like 45 minutes ago, and he just, uh, no, sorry, an hour ago. And, you know, my poor children, I, 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 I prayed, said goodnight, kids, and I ran out, and they're like, Daddy, Daddy, where are you going? And I'm like, oh, I have to meet Chuck. They're like, oh, is he more important than us? And I we had a whole thing about loyalty and friendship, and then, you know, here comes Chuck an hour later. <laughs> None of that actually My happened. poor children. Oh, they, they cried themselves to sleep. I heard them over the morning. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Back to, <laughs> back to the show. Okay. So, uh, Van Dam, Game Face. Uh, I, I've been falling asleep since five. It's it's been a long day, guys. Anyway, um, <laughs> so there's people in tents and they're preparing for Shabbat dinner. Um, you know, they're they're talking about like what the point of of Shabbat is. It's about family, our people, and of course God. Um, and they start going off on the women of valor. 
and, you know, like the men and everything. So they're saying, they're praying over the children, saying, may you be like Rebecca, may you be like... Leah. Yeah, and, and, they're, and, Rachel. And, yeah, and same with the boys, they're going over that. And I love it because these are things I didn't pick up the first time I, I viewed it. So it was kind of cool to hear more about it. Because usually when I first view something, I get like, okay, what's the main point? Got it. Okay, then I watch it again, and I listen to dialogue. And I think on top of it, when I've been watching this show now, when I'm you know kind of going through it say, oh, let's talk about it, I've been putting subtitles on, and it's amazing. There's a part in this episode that I was really happy that I had subtitles this time. Even though it was probably my third or fourth time watching the episode, there was so much more I got from it, and it was really, really cool to see. Um, and it filled in a lot of gaps, and it just it kind of further um, proved and, and helped you understand why the characters were responding the way they do, especially um, Nicodemus, Eric Avari's character, um, at the dinner scene. It's just, it's amazing, and there was so much more that was hidden that I didn't catch before, but we'll get there. Um, but, you know, they're talking about just, uh, you know, the Jewish history, and, you no, know, oh, there's the, there's the star in the sky. Okay, let's go ahead and celebrate, the, you know, the Sabbath, Shabbat. And then, you know, we go from there, everything starts up, and we go back to Capernaum, 26 A.D. All right, so 26 A.D., Jesus is 26. He, he looks like he's 36 to me, this guy. But <laughs> I thought A.D. meant after death. <clears throat> no, no, Anno Domini. Which is not Latin after death. for what? It, it's... It sounds Latin. Maybe no, it's, it's not Latin. Latin. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway. But I thought... I thought <laughs> The A.D. part was after the resurrection of Christ, not the birth of Christ. Well, as we see in this episode, that is not true. <laughs> because here he is. 26 years old. <laughs> 26 well, years old. Again, he, it can't be because he's already started his ministry, mm -hmm. and he starts uh, his ministry at 30. Because mm. he's, a, he's a rabbi. We're, he's, he's already got... This is why we need to bring in the big guns. We need to bring Steve Steve in to this at some point. He can he can fill in these gaps. I don't know True. because I, I mean they're saying twenty six A.D. and we're seeing what's happening here. So True. according to this, that's that. But this is clearly not the Bible. It's not scripture. And also with that, I mean, there's a lot of things that are kind of debatable where people are like, everybody seems to think that when Jesus was born, the wise men showed up, and it's well, like, like, hey, two. here's this. You know, he was like two years old. Right. So I'm like. How come my nativity scene has wise men in it? That doesn't make sense because there's a newborn baby and wise men there with frankincense, gold, and myrrh. Oh, that and doesn't line up. If I had a nativity, up. that'd be weird too. So, well, it's a nativity set, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's native to my people, and anyway, so we're back in Capernaum, 26 A.D., and we see Mary going by Mary, you know, because he has called her by name. Right, um, and she's working at a salon. You know, she's just doing people's hair, and she's just living her life. And well, I think she was more just helping out, and she was asked to actually. I mean, it's like, I mean, they were braiding hair. Yeah, that, it was a hair, and she was like, "I'm not really good at this." Yeah, well, it was new to her, and she does it. And I love, I love the the hand drawn paintings on the wall. I don't know if you notice that or not, but there's like two or three paintings on the wall of girls with. Like with their hair with their styles. hair, yeah. So, you know, like, oh, I'd <laughs> so like that one, like, please. <laughs> but it's like a five-year-old did it. <laughs> and there's literally, it's like today, there's like four or five chairs in a row, women at all of them, they're all having conversation. Right. <clears throat> and again, it, it adds to the reality of it. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. It probably was like that. You'd go somewhere, they do the hair, they, oh, I'll get the buttercup, you know, and okay, cool. 
picks it out of the ground, throws it in there, like, okay, all right, you know, I can buy that. That makes sense. Right. So, I mean, we get a lot of that here, and it just, it again, we're going to keep on saying bringing the reality to it and seeing, like, what it was like to live back then, and then you see it, and you're like, yeah, that doesn't seem historically inaccurate. It's not the Beth. It's not the Bethlehem sign, you know. It's not like in the middle of everything, you know. Somebody's got a microwave and they're cooking up the fish, you know. Fourth wall break situation. And they're not doing that. I mean, if they did do that, that would just be. I mean, it would be. Well, we're. I guess we're back to year one. Which right. We're not. I mean, doing. there's obviously going to be some. Some stuff that points to the fact that it came. It was made today, right? Um, like the Bethlehem sign, right? And so you're gonna, you're gonna, and the graffiti on the wall in the first episode. Hey, but they might have done that back then. I don't know. With the can of spray paint. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so I mean, there are gonna be some things <laughs> that it's paint like, in their mouth and just went. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, there could be some things that you know, could it have happened back then? Yeah. It, I mean, there's the. the the artist's creativity here is definitely being seen in some cases. This next scene, though, was not... When she actually went to go get the buttercup, mm-hmm. was not what I was expecting, to be honest with you. Okay. So the next... I don't know if you're already at that point, but the next part, yeah. when she actually leaves with the buttercup, she goes outside, mm-hmm. and there's, like, hundreds of people around, and oh, she's yeah. bumping into people, and, excuse oh, me, sorry, oh, I'm my sorry, gosh, I'm, I'm so sorry. sorry. Yeah. And she gets it, and she's all excited. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because she's been freed right um, from the last episode, and you see this rabbi. Yep, Yusuf is there, and he's looking at her. And my first thought was, "Okay, did she do something wrong?" Because the look that he gave wasn't like shock; it was almost like she's doing something wrong. Was her? Because in the if you re- if watching the salon. They're doing their the girl's hair, and it's like, oh, it's a shame that only we're the only ones who are going to see this, and they cover it up. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, is her hair showing too much? Is she is she showing too much skin on her arm? Is she right, right. is she doing something that this guy, this rabbi, is almost the initial look I got was is he looking down on her for something? But that's not what happens though. Right? No, clearly he was just totally shocked. Like, wait, that's totally her. It, like, is that her? How is that her? Like, how is she doing? Which, like, how is she just like being okay right now and not where she was? He is just totally amazed. And I didn't catch on to that though until later on in the episode. I think what happened, and this is what made a lot of sense to me. Um, I definitely watched the first three episodes of this series very far apart from each other because I didn't quite realize that that was her in the beginning. And that guy we saw once before, so I didn't make the connection of who he was, who he thought she was, and, and so it got. Who was he before? I missed him in the first episode. Well, he's just one of the Pharisees. He was what? just there, just there. Okay. Yeah. So it's just like all of it was kind of. I didn't see how it connected at first, but then, you know, in the next scene, I'm like, okay, this is clearly Mary. This is him. There's oh, there's Jesus again. Oh, like all this stuff kind of came together. But I definitely, when I first ran through it, I it, it was like maybe like a week or more in between. And if you don't recognize these people, you don't really remember the faces too well. Right. And if they're dressed differently, even more so. Right. So, you know, with her not being like, you know, with like blood fingerprints on her face and, you know, like... Distraught. Yeah. You know, it just, it looked very different. So you're like, okay, you know, new light and seeing yeah, her things countenance differently. was totally, totally different. different. Yeah, totally yeah. different. You wouldn't expect it. It was just amazing. So anyway, we get there and... 
but he just kind of like runs off, right? You know, and then we cut and we cut over, and this is where you get this this sense of okay, this show is going to be based on again not Jesus, but all the people, and just like any any show nowadays, you've got multiple people's stories that we're reviewing, and we know that as it goes on, their stories are going to start to intertwine and connect. Connect, right. And, I mean, that's what makes a good movie. There's tons of movies that start off like that, where it shows all these people, and then there's, like, one common thing that they have that either brings them together, um, you know, in person, or just connects them because they're yeah. kind of going through their, their changes and everything. Yeah, Lord of the Rings does that for me. Like, you see oh, yeah. 16, 17 different stories, mm-hmm. you know, different characters, all within five, six different stories, and then it this one journey is what brings them all together. Right. And they may not always, you know, have conversation, but they're intertwined somehow, some way. Right. You know. Like Looney Tunes and then Space Jam. Because, <laughs> they, you know, they all have their own thing, and then they come together to, you know, to, to face the Monstars with Michael Jordan and Bill Murray, Wayne Knight. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> um, let's let's all pretend that that part never happened in this conversation. I, I mean, I mean, uh, uh, <clears throat> Avengers and uh, Iron Man and uh, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> moving on, we get we get over to Matthew. Lee's uh, tired. Lee is tired again. <laughs> uh, why do we always do these so late, Chuck? Um, so we get over to Matthew, and who he understands goes, the loyalty of friendship, unlike me, apparently. <laughs> Well, I mean, hey, I I would love to have hung out with you on your birthday, but you know, you just wanted to go to sleep instead. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. <laughs> you know so, what? I will say, you bring up Matthew. I like Matthew. I love Matthew. He is he awesome. Is, he is. He's rich and nuts. <laughs> rich. He's, He's he's borderline psychotic in this episode. Oh yeah, um, he like walks right into everything, just like okay, here I go. But he's got gall, like he's got a backbone, and I'm he like, knows his purpose. He I mean he knows what he's good at. He knows what he knows, and he's just like I'm, you know, whatever. Not like, afraid. It, you I know mean, what's he, cool though is that right he's, there. He's submissive, but he's not afraid. Right, and, and I'm guessing that I'm guessing that quality is something that Jesus saw. Exactly. You know what? He's got a backbone. He's not afraid to stand up for what he's what, what he knows regardless of who he's you know, right, coming coming face to face with. Mm-hmm. And except for his dad. Except for his dad. <laughs> but okay. True. But that's but that's the thing is, you know, he's it's his character. Right. And that's just how it goes. But yeah, where I, where do I, we yeah. where do we Continue. Where do we see him first in the episode? So, I mean, the first place we see him is he's, like, as we saw him in the end of the other one where he wanted to go meet up with Quintus and basically confirm everything that um, was told to him by Simon. Um, so he's, um, he goes there and Gaius is just, like, not having it. Like, you're stupid. You're going to die. Like, what? why do you think this makes any sense? And he's like, well, I have to. He's like, well, he, I, I, at one point it's, it almost goes back to, I always say, the Pulp Fiction uh, foot massage scene in the elevator, which, I mean, if Will's listening to this, he knows <laughs> it's pretty much how we are. But he raises a valid point, and Gaius just goes, yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, f- fine. Um, well, I'm going to wait outside because I'm not dragging your dead body out. So, And it was just, you know, I have to tell him because if I don't tell him and he finds out, you it's know, on that's, it's, that it's on me anyway. So it's like, okay. He's just like, well, I have to. Okay. So he goes in there basically just to to pretty much tell him that Simon is not a reliable person. But, I mean, 
what was it? He, he's sitting there. He finally sees him, and um, Quintus is just not like, okay, yep, get to the point. Nope, skip to the end. Like, what are you telling me? Why are you wasting my time? And then he, he mentions Simon, and he goes, uh, yep, yep, he is, and his debts are forgiven. So, all set. And, and his, his brother? brother, too. And he's like, um... He was hesitant, hesitant. here, too. <laughs> he was hesitant, but it was because he's like, yeah, that's a real valid point. He probably would do that. Yeah, yeah, his, too. Yep, exactly, his, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. But do and, you realize? Yeah, so M- Matthew's just, like, not... I mean, we're going, we're going part by part here, but just explain that Simon's a gambler, and he's really not to be trusted. And as soon as he says that, the centurion's just like, prepare your, to take your last breath, Jew, and pulls out his sword, and, he, and I'm like, oh my god, because he just, are you saying I made a bad deal? You know, did you see his vein in this episode? The head vein? Yes. Yeah, I told you, dude, it just never goes away, this massive And the head crazy vein. thing is, is, Matthew goes, yeah. Yeah. You made a bad deal. Yeah. He's like, oh. And he's just like, where did he, where did you come from? Like he's totally amazed that he just stood up. He's like, you're, he's like, you're a totally different kind of. He's like, you, you know, you're insane. He's like, no, no, you're right. You actually, you are a totally different type of sane. Right. You know, I could just, I could just picture it now. A year later, Matthew, James, John, Simon, they're all on the Theodore, campfire talking, Alvin, oh. and Matthew, Simon, going, remember that time when, you know. The Romans came at me because I was not paying my taxes, and Matthew going, yeah, that was my fault. Yeah, yeah. sorry about that. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. Yeah. But, no, it's just, he's just totally amazed at how, how Matthew's standing up to him right here. I mean, there's so much standing up, but just saying, like, he wasn't arguing with him. He wasn't saying, you're dumb, and then, like, walking away. He was saying, no, there's an issue here. Right, and you need to know about it because I I think you don't understand his character, and you know it's gonna it's gonna badly reflect upon me and and everybody else. And he's kind of saying like I want to I want to make sure you're not putting yourself in a bad spot because he wants to cover his own butt. Matthew just cares about like covering his own butt at this point because everybody else has walked away from him. Right. So he's just like okay, well as long as I'm protected, I'm gonna do what's right, you know, and you know kiss the teacher's butt, <laughs> basically. Right. So. At this point, he basically is, he doesn't actually say it straight up, but he wants Matthew to spy on them. That's what's coming out of this. Right. Um, maybe I, I kind of guessed when I watched this, I'm like, because I know that's what's going to happen. But it's like, yeah, he's like, I'm going to I'm gonna work with you. Let's get in touch. Right. Now, but know. now Matthew is doing to Simon and his brother what he asked Simon to do for the merchants. Exactly. So it's so just. So who's right? I don't know. Oh, I mean, well, that's the thing. It's like he's spying on them, but he's giving them away. I mean, he's not giving. The thing is, they already everybody already hates Matthew anyway. So he's just kind of like, well, whatever, you know. Where Simon's got like, Simon clearly feels bad about what he's doing. That's why he's triggered every single time people bring it up, or Andrew brings it up, and he's just like, no, I'm doing this for this. I'm doing this for that. And I get all these things. Otherwise, he would have handled it like, no, it's no problem here. He's right. he's like getting angry about it because it is triggering something because he knows he feels guilty. That's the biggest thing about this episode is his guilt is just making him like, you know, dude, leave me alone. Like, no, like chill out the whole time, which we get to actually right here in the next scene. So um, Simon and Andrew are hanging out at the pub, you know, and he's, you know, he's over there giving out drinks to, to the merchants, ripping on them, making jokes. Oh, look at this guy. He's got look at this. Look at that mane like Absalom over. He's going to steal our ladies, not our fish, you know, like and they're just going back and forth. Was it my favorite men and my favorite ladies that like pointing to one of the guys there and they're like ah ha, 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 whatever, again guys being guys hanging out, right. but he's 
as Andrew said, fattening the lambs before the slaughter. And I was like, oof. And he's like, hey, I'm just doing whatever. And again, justifying what he's doing. And that's right. the biggest thing is Simon is constantly justifying everything he's doing. Even though he, you can clearly tell he's bothered by it, he's just trying to hurry up and do it before he changes his mind. Well, isn't that, we, isn't that why we justify anything we do? Yes. Because yep. if we didn't feel bothered, if we didn't feel guilty, there'd be no justification in the first place. True. True. But that's the big thing in the scene is like he's talking about everything else and it's just like he cares about, it's like I care about you, I care about Eden, I care about the house, that's it. That's all I care about. Like I right. don't have to worry about anybody else. They can take care of themselves and they put themselves in this position and I'm going to do what I have to do for me. And that's where he stands on it. So, I mean, again, such such more depth in this character that you would not get out of the Bible and whether or not it's it's true, I mean, obviously, this could have been the life that he had. Right. But again, it's not unbiblical because it doesn't go against anything in the Bible, right. him having this background. So that's what's good about the show. Nothing is like blasphemy. Nothing is straight up a lie or changed or anything like that. It's just like, right. hey, this could be what their life was like. You know, exactly. this could be it could have been how desperate he was. And I like that. It's it's really it's interesting. It's not it's not like Marvel's what if or anything where it's like, what if Captain America was a zombie? Like that's no, that doesn't make any sense. Right. No, because it's it just shows the fact of one, historically, I mean the the setting, how everything looks is pretty much historically accurate. But it just shows that they're they're humans, they had their issues, they had their problems, and they were doing everything they could that they knew how to handle it, how to deal with it. The same, and I love that. You see, you, you see so many Christian movies out there where either everything works out so for the good and everything gets corrected and it's all peachy keen, or it starts off with their. There, there's no issue except for this one main issue, and then their issue, and then it's just them overcoming that issue. Versus, in this case, they're in over their head. Oh yeah, completely. And there's completely. no, <laughs> there's nothing they can really do. Yeah. So yeah. he's just like, I mean, if I don't do anything, then we're here. If I do something, then this happens. But then we're we're here. I mean, he has to do something, right? Because. That's and that's what that is, that's his mindset here. But. He's like, I've already made, I've already asked for three or four extensions on my taxes. Mm -hmm. I can't ask for another one. Right. So, I'm gonna betray all my friends. Yeah. Well, yeah. all the people that he's he he's acquainted, right? Acquainted to. Um. All right. So then we get over to Shmuel. Um. Who runs up to to uh, see Nicodemus and basically tell him that the Avbit Din. Um, wants to speak with him. So I was like, Abedin, what is that? So I'm like, I knew he was of some great importance somewhere in the pharisaical, you know, thing, but he's actually the chief of the court, the chief justice. So he's like way up there. Chief justice of the Pharisees right. wants to talk to him. So I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. Um, why does he want to talk to me? Like, is there an issue here? And he goes there and he sees him. And basically the whole thing is they all heard about Mary's redemption. Because Yusuf came back and just like told everybody, he's like, this miracle happened. This he's like, I don't know if it was him or what or like what what happened here, but somehow somehow she's completely a different person. She's redeemed, and everything's uh, 
you know, different. So we got to go see what's going on. And their first thing is delayed exorcism. <laughs> delayed exorcism. Yeah. <laughs> they did it. In, how long did it take? Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. It was just, you know, it was uh, like a, what is um the uh, timed action capsules or something for like a not Excedrin or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, well, you know, we started it and it just kind of took its time to settle in. No, 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 that's not how this works. You know, it was right the first episode. Yeah, this is nothing that man can do. Right. It's just they were like they didn't have any other thing except for okay, he you went there. Yeah. You went there. They didn't know that Jesus had talked with her though. Right. They had no idea. Oh yeah. No, nothing. They had no clue what was going on, but it was it was interesting because they want they basically uh, Nicodemus is just like, what I, I want to go investigate this, and they're like, oh no no, or he's like, no, I'm gonna go do it. I was there anyway. She she recognizes me. She'll know me. I was there already. I was already involved. I'll go see what's going on, and the Avbatin there, he was basically saying like, be efficient, like get this done quickly because the term he used like news of this kind can grow legs. It's like, okay, so it's like, okay, gets around, I get it. Right. But the whole point is, like, he doesn't want this news to get out that there was some miracle like this that they couldn't really explain because of their pedestal that they're all staying on the entire time. So that's the whole thing here. It's like, okay, and why Nicodemus is like, let me go find this out. I'll keep it under wraps and, and see, was it, like, was it something I did? Like, how did this happen? Like, why didn't it take right away or, or happen right away? Okay, so... Again, we get back over to Simon and Andrew, and they're hang- they're staking out on the beach, and Simon is, is clearly feeling guilty, and it's clear that he's actually like scared right. at this point because he's like, okay, what's going to happen? Are they going to show up? And this, and Andrew's just like, I'm not involved in this. I want nothing to do with it. But again, we get back to Nicodemus. This is where it's it's. I mean, I I love. Is this when he goes and actually talks with her? No, no, no. This is when he's um getting ready to <laughs> when he's getting ready for Shabbat dinner. And he's talking with his wife. He's talking to his wife. Yeah. Um, oh, is that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he's talking to his wife, and they're talking about um, <laughs> uh, leading the prayer at Shabbat dinner. Like, that's what he's supposed to be doing. And she's just talking about how great of an honor it is for them to have him come and be there. And he's just like, he's still always in the, like, I'm just a guy here, which is the consistent thing with his character. He's just like, I'm just this i'm just doing my job i'm just i'm nothing more. crazy right yeah nothing more than that and he gets that he's humble which is amazing to see somebody in that at that level to be humble right which which i was going to say <laughs> when he in your notes how many scenes are we away from when he actually goes and talks with it's a few yeah um cuz that's when we get to that point that's when i I really started to like him. Oh, he's amazing. And it just it gets better. Wait till he meets because Jesus. Because that whole conversation, I was like, this guy's amazing. Because he just... Oh, the actor? Not, not or, just oh, no, yeah, Nicodemus. But, oh, yeah. Like, the way, I mean, obviously, Eric is it Avare. Yeah. Um, his, That's Avare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, his portrayal of Nicodemus, you know, is phenomenal. But just the way he communicates with Mary at that scene is mm. right it's so good so um, yeah well with with this part here I thought it was really cool just again the conversation where she's just like blowing him up and saying how awesome he is and it's just 
it's like it's like sh- for them to see you it's like sharing loaves with God himself and he's just like he's like is anybody else hearing how ridiculous this sounds <laughs> yeah he said that right I think yeah. he actually said it's like does anybody else notice how ridiculous this is you're basically comparing me to God yeah and now basically just, she was yeah and it's just crazy and she's just pumping him up I mean hey that's great to you know to to honor your husband to that degree but I mean, she was totally calling him a blasphemer before because he said he was questioning, saying maybe the way that we've been perceiving everything here in, in Scripture and, and the prophecies is just, it's not, it's not right the way we're perceiving it. Like, there's truth there. It's just we're looking at it from the wrong side and everything is blurred. So I wonder if she actually married him because she loved him or because of his position and his status. Yeah, I mean... I wouldn't put it past them in, in that situation. That was that. I mean, the gold diggers. <laughs> did, 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 did they exist then? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so we get back to Matthew, and he's talking about his responsibility. Basically, there was a brawl in the street. Matthew got knocked around a bit, and he's over there. So Gaius comes up, and he goes, "Oh, you look disgusting. Go home." And he goes, "No, I've got a responsibility. My father always taught me to do this." And he's like, "Oh, well, you know." You must have Roman blood then. <laughs> Your dad's a smart guy. And then he's like, oh, well, you know, he's talking about how he doesn't have a relationship with his dad. Right. And he's just confused. Like, I don't understand Jewish people. You guys don't make any sense. How can you not have a relationship with your dad? He goes, he says he has no son. Right. And it kind of goes in there where you see Gaius kind of feel for him there. And he's like, hmm. Okay. I'm, I, so I haven't seen the rest of the season yet. I'm guessing a, a pretty cool relationship happens between Matthew and Gaius. And Gaius? I'm not. Well, it's it's always been there. Like he does care for him. Like, he does. I mean, it probably gets deeper because as the show, I, I have no idea. Yeah, I've never I don't want to. I don't want to say anything about it. We'll we'll see as the show goes on. But it's it's a great relationship they have where it's clearly a business relationship. He's doing his job, and I mean, just that whole part where he was trying to get him to not go see Quintus. He cared about him. He didn't want to see him die. And he's like, I'm going to go outside because I can't watch you get killed. Right. You know? I can just see at the very, very, very end, the reason why you had no dad is because I'm your father. (laughs) Join me now. (laughs) He'd be like, nope, nope, that is not true. And nope, that's that's impossible. (laughs) I mean, I can't can't do his impression. If I try to do any impression, apparently it sounds like Cheech to you, so I'm not going to do anything. Come on, on, do your your wine hands again. Come on. Wine hands? Hey, it's... (laughs) Hey, hey. (laughs) Hello, I'm Babu Freak. Anyway. My um, new favorite Star Wars character. Babu Freak is the man with the giant hands. His hands are bigger than his head. (laughs) giant hands. He's got giant hands. He's got Uma Thurman hands. Oh, my. Have you seen Uma Thurman's hands? I've seen her toes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but go watch Kill Bill one more I know, time. I've seen her toe. <laughs> we'll go your big toe. Anyway, all right. Let's way. She's off. got mitts that make any guy like like. She's her fingers are like nine inches long. They're ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> We're both tired. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Uh well you know that's if you what were here, if we you go, were here an hour earlier I, <laughs> <laughs> so how do we go from the chosen to Star Wars to Kill Bill to Kill Bill <laughs> I I don't know but no I do it's just 
Oh, boy. If you guys are still listening, I'm sorry. I apologize, too. <laughs> but, hey, I mean, we, we enjoy talking about stuff, so get over it. <laughs> <laughs> this is how all of our conversations happen. No, usually most of our conversations are you saying, oh, that movie was so-and-so in it, and you're saying it completely wrong just to mess with me. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. And then I go off and say something that's totally unrelated, but yet sounds like it could be related. And I know that your wife sits there and thinks that we're, t- we're being totally serious and has no idea what, what we're talking about. And she's like, oh, they're just talking about movies again. But we're, we're knowing that we're saying the most wrong references we could possibly say. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, I, I do enjoy my friends. So anyway, um, we get there. Okay, Mary preparing to host Shabbat dinner. And this is where Nicodemus comes, aco- comes a- across her. And sees her, and he just... Can I, can I share this part? Yes. Okay. Um, so this part right here for me, I gained a whole... Like, I already had a level of respect for Nicodemus. Oh, yeah. Because... He's a Pharisee, but he doesn't act like a Pharisee. He doesn't like. There are times when he's trying to talk in the beginning when he's talking to all the Pharisees about taxing the fishermen, and mm-hmm. he's just fulfilling his role, his job. Yeah. But at the same time, you can see in him that he doesn't fully agree with it. And mm-hmm. there's this, even the first episode, there's this struggle of right. why are we doing this? He talks to Mary like, how long? His question was, how long after I came to you did this miracle happened. Right. And she's like, well, I met this guy. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't anything that you did. It wasn't, she she yeah. was up front. It was nothing you did. And his look at that point, my first reaction, probably just because this is how, you know, I probably deal with things. But if it was me, I would have been like, what do you mean? Like, I'm the, like, I'm the high priest. Yeah, of course you would. <laughs> <laughs> but his his. His reaction was completely out of intrigue of, okay. Yeah, he didn't even, like, it didn't even phase him that it wasn't him. It was more just like, but this is a miracle. How? Like How, what? why, who, and what? And like, his humility, like you said before, his humility just shone mm-hmm. through in this. Because he was more just inquisitive and... Excited. Excited, like, yeah. wow, how'd this happen? What happened? And the line that she gives... I don't know if, you're just, if you wrote this down or not, but the line that she says is she goes, how I was then mm-hmm. to how I am now. Mm-hmm. Th- th- he was basically the middle. Yeah, he was in between. He yeah. was in between, and that's that's what caused the change. Right. And I, I, when I heard that, I was like, how true is that to even our, our walk with God from how we were mm-hmm. to how we are now? What's the difference? What was that changing point mm-hmm. and it always comes back to that one changing point is christ right without him right it's <laughs> the and the parallel to even our christian walk and she says it so simplistic but she says it with such confidence mm-hmm. she says it with even though she has no idea who the person was right because she even admits i have no Didn't idea what his name, name is what's his name yeah. no idea no idea no clue sorry but the whole thing that catches me through this whole this whole scene is the look on his face. He's both like, I don't understand. It's and childlike a, wonder. I'm shocked. <laughs> I don't understand. I want to know more. Mm-hmm. But there's not a sign of, like, 
I failed. Yeah. Nothing. It, uh, like no jealousy. No nothing. He no. was just genuinely like Intrigued, wow. Excited. I want to know more. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just it blows me away. And again, I, I just I love the way that Eric Avari portrayed this in Nicodemus because again, you read about Nicodemus and you you don't get this depth of his character when you read it in scripture. Right. You know, you you're like, oh well, he was you know friendly and you know believed in him and he was like, oh that's cool. But this was just like amazing to see him, you know, this guy and it is like. 60s, 70s, just like, like a child, childlike right. wonder, excited to know, like what's going on, how did this happen? Well, and I mean, he probably has some questions too, because the questions he had in the first episode of like why, how, and now he's seeing some more evidence, like he's seeing more stuff. And he's like, well, this just brings up more whys and hows, and I want to know more. And he's, mm-hmm. and I, 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 for me, it just. I gained a whole other level of respect for him in this episode oh. because of this one scene. There was and it was one... probably one of my... This and one other scene was my... I had two favorite scenes in this episode, and this was my first favorite scene. My second favorite scene is coming up towards the end of the episode, but... Ugh. I just... I'm going to keep saying it. The scene where he meets Jesus... That that episode is my favorite episode. I will I would watch it every day. I haven't seen it yet. I know, and it, but you'll you'll get there, and it's just the build up, and then to that point, it's just it's so great, and I right. can't wait for season to two, season two to see where they they take it. Well, I guess I guess. Um, so I was, I was I was trying to watch it today, and I have, I'm going to do it. But if you ever if you guys download the app. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ways that it sponsors when you actually play each episode, mm-hmm. it says that so and so bought this episode for you. Yeah, they, and they ask you to pay it forward, basically, and exactly. buy an episode for somebody else. And mm-hmm. that's how it's spon- That's how you. That's how it's sponsored. Mm-hmm. And they got they one went of the in. Ways. And this yeah. was Dallas Jenkins, I believe his name yes. is. Mm-hmm. He was saying that they want their goal is to do seven to eight seasons. Yeah, and they totally could. Seven to eight seasons. I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, what's the eighth season going to be? The uh. 80s, 1980s. <laughs> and we realized that it wasn't Wonder Woman who showed up and, and, stop, and stopped the Wishmaster from, <laughs> from all that stuff. It was actually... It, it was Jesus. It was actually Jesus. <laughs> oh. <coughs> That's hilarious. Hey, I mean, we have those shirts, right? The... Um, the shirts with the DC characters and the Marvel characters with Jesus in the middle, and that's how I saved the, that's how I I saved saved the world. world. Yes, I mean, I'm just saying it makes sense. Like all these, I'm all these saying. superhero characters are all based off of Jesus. <laughs> it's all just Jesus, anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, the big thing, like at that point, she just says, "I don't know his name, but his time for man to know has not yet come." That's what he said, and she was like, "Okay," like, and he, and he's just like. His time for man to know, and he's just like, "What do you mean? What, huh?" Like, but he's like, in his face, there's confusion, but there's, but there's so much excitement in his eyes, and that's what's cool about it. Like, he's confused, but just like, is it? Could it be? Like, is it? Is it actually a messiah? Is it the the savior? Like, but, I think he knows, but yeah, but I, I think he's at that stage where you're like, like, you sit there and you go, "I think I know." Yeah, but I don't want to say it because I could be let down, and I could sound like a crazy person, and I could come across <laughs> as crazy. But I, I don't want to keep my hopes up, so I'm not going to fully say it yet, and I'm going to let it play out. Right, right. 
So, yeah, it's just, it's so cool. So then we've got um, Eden there, um, Simon's wife. She is cutting up vegetables. She's not just cutting up vegetables. <laughs> She's slaughtering that cucumber. She's slaughtering that cucumber with a really big, thick knife. And I'm like... Dull. It's dull and, and, and thick. And I'm like, wow, that's a strange looking... It looked like they carved it out of a rock. And she's slicing up this, this cucumber, and he wakes up, and he's, his hair's all a mess. He looks like, you know, after I do, after, well, after I did, after I played a really, you know, long, late-night rock show at a, at a bar somewhere, I'd, and I'd sleep until whatever, and usually it's only, like, three hours of sleep, and I wake up, and I'm like, Rrr. and he's just like, hey, good morning, grabs a cucumber, starts walking by, and she's like, oh, don't you lovey-dovey me, blah, blah, blah. Like, where have you been? What's going on? And the thing is, he's trying to hide this whole, you know... Even from her. Even from her. Like, everything from her. He doesn't... Well, I mean, not so much even from her, but mostly just from her. He doesn't want her to feel like... I wonder if he just doesn't want her to be part of it. So if she ever gets questioned... There's that. She could basically say, I have no idea what's going on. Right. She's... Out of the whole thing. Right. And in his position, his biggest thing, his, the thing he cares about the most, as he said, was his wife, his brother, his wife and his brother. That's, that's right. it. His family. His family. So he doesn't want to get her involved because he doesn't want her to worry. He just wants to do what needs to get done and be like, I did it. I provided. We're all set. Don't worry how. I did it. We're good. I'm wondering you know? if he's going screw her brother, his brother-in-laws, though. I mean, they don't <laughs> like each other in the first place. Right. I love my wife. Your brothers? Eh, whatever. Not so much. <laughs> Not so much. But she just wants to know what has happened. And at the end of it, she basically just says, you answer to God, not me. And it's like, okay. And, and I've heard that before. <laughs> I definitely, I've definitely heard that before. There's been some things that I've done that I've repented for, and some I guess I have not yet to. But, hey, that just makes me a man, a person, a human. Um, but... Yeah, that when 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 they say that, you go, okay, good. Thanks for giving me a break for a second. And that's when you kind of stop and you and you humble yourself and you do pray and you say, hey, you know, God, am I doing something wrong? Like, is this an issue? You know, and, and then being open for the answer you don't want to hear. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, we get over to the whole thing. It's a quick scene where you know people are really are all getting ready now for Shabbat dinner. She basically says, you know, like, oh, I'll fix you up a Shabbat plate, and you can take it with you, because he's saying he's going to be working again and blowing off Shabbat dinner. She is not having it. It's happened before. He's gone for weeks. He's not brought anything to the market to sell, no fish. So it's like, he's not fishing. What is he doing? And she's questioning where he's getting the money from, because he's like, you're getting all the stuff you need. Yep. You've got flour. You've got this. You've got oil. You've got a warm bed. Like, what's your issue? And, hey, I've known people like that who it's all about just like, oh, do you have what you need? Good. Then you don't need anything else from me. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about how I did it, where it's coming from. Just trust me and let's move on. You know what's funny is, have you ever seen the TV show 24? I didn't watch it. Sorry. I, that's so upsetting to a lot of people. I know it. I know his name is Jack Bauer. Right. Uh, that's, well, it's crazy because uh, uh, this is kind of way off in left field. And this happens in so many movies. And you sit there and you watch it and you're like, the fact that they're not saying anything is causing more issues if they just told the truth and went down this way. Mm-hmm. There could be a little blip in what's going on. In, in 24, he'd be like, if you say this to somebody, then this person will die. And he's like, and then he just goes along with it. In all reality, if he actually told his superiors what was going on, 
it would prevent the whole thing from happening. Oh, right. And I'm looking at this going, if you just told your wife, you might actually get an outside opinion. You mm -hmm. may not want to hear it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's hard for a lot of husbands to... <laughs> to admit. <laughs> to admit to. Um, but you, you're gonna, you might be the... You know, you'll have the support not only of your brother, but now your your wife, your family. Because if you truly do love that person, um, you'll let them in. Right. I mean, if you truly do love that person, and you, and you do love God, because the thing is, you can't, you can't keep things hidden. You can't keep things hidden forever. You can't. You, I mean, it's going to eat away at you, and it's eventually going to come out, whether or not whether you're involved in how it comes out or not. Right. And just like you know, for the third week in a row, we'll bring up Aladdin. Um, <laughs> Street rats. <laughs> the genie kept on telling him, "Be honest. Be yourself. Be yourself. Be yourself." <laughs> um, I'm getting beat by a rug. <laughs> Punctual. <laughs> the fact that he was trying to hide who he was this whole time, right, caused all the issues. Mm -hmm. If he was just upfront in the beginning, because she already knew, yeah. Then at that point, it would have it would have solved all the problems. Simon here, same thing. If he's just up front with her, I'm willing to bet that a lot of his issues, because she could either find a way to say, hey, you know what? There's another solution that you haven't thought of yet. Mm -hmm. Or we're in this together. What can I do to help? Right. Yeah, but, but the thing is, he's already so deep. The guilt that he's got, he does not want to feel any more from her and any rejection from her. Right. He, he put himself in this hole, and it, it's just like anything. Like In my past, I think the hardest thing was um, when I got stuck in like a whirlwind of lies. You know, when I would lie, especially to my wife, and it still bothers me about, you know, I have guilt that from that that I'm still like, okay, get rid of it. You know, I'm a new person. I'm moving on. Where it's like you say one thing, and then you have to keep running with it, and then like adding to it, adding to the lie, adding to the lie, adding to the lie, because if you go back, you're like, now, now you have this entire list of lies, right. entire list of things that it's like, oh, if I ever went back now and said all these things, it's going to be worse. But when you keep on piling it, you're just making it worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Right. Um, I actually did that once back when I was I once. Probably, <laughs> I only, <laughs> just well, once. I've only lied never, once in my entire never life. Never before. Never again. That was it. Just once. Um, this was. I was probably 17 years old. I working for. I was working for Market Basket. <laughs> Oh, geez. And I called out of work to go hang out with some friends. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like... Well, clearly you don't have Roman blood. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I, was, I, I had a great time with my friends. We, we hung out. We did everything. And I, I was working part-time, so I didn't even go work the next day. It was like a few days later. So for the next few days, I'm feeling wicked guilty. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm going to do the honorable thing. I'm going to go and tell my boss the truth. Right. I was suspended for a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I lost. They're like, we do appreciate your honesty here. However, since you called out of work and you weren't supposed to and you lied to us, um, you can come back in a week. Like, fantastic. Mm. So, well, what do you what did you learn, Chuck? <laughs> Be yourself. No, <laughs> um, no. Just the the fact is, you know, honesty is always the best policy. Mm. Even if, you know, if it's the hardest thing to do, whether it's being honest or even Matthew in this case talking to, you know, the head centurion, you know, mm -hmm. the head Roman. Yeah. 
doing those hard things, one of the things I'm learning is if it's a difficult thing to do, more often than not, it's probably the right thing to do. Right. You know, if you're faced there with, do I, it's hard to be honest. Mm -hmm. It's easier to say this. Oh, yeah. Well, be honest. Because <laughs> sooner or later, that easy lie turns into a bigger lie, turns right. into a bigger lie, turns, and then years down the road. Yeah. I mean, it, just, it catches up. Right. Or, or you don't even know what's true anymore. And that, I think that was a big thing with me, too. Like, I got to a point where um, there were certain things from my past that, I mean, it's just like repressed memories, you know, when you get, when you, when things like that happen. There, there are lots of things that happen to me with, you know, trauma, this, that, whatever, that I forgot about. And there's also times where, where I would lie about something to the point where I almost convinced myself that I was allergic to shellfish. Because everybody, <laughs> because everybody who asks me, oh, do you want shrimp? I go, no, I'm allergic. Well, really, you just didn't like it. I just don't like it. Uh, but, it's so, it but it's so much more acceptable to say that you're allergic. Hey, I don't like cheese. Okay, then. That, that something's wrong with you. But. See? <laughs> no, just say I, you're I, allergic. I I'm allergic. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm lack I lack toes and I'm intolerant. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, that is weird. Wow. Yeah, Don't I wear sandals over here again. I only have three. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> Where the heck are we going with this? <laughs> no, we, we were raising a val valid point about being honest That's true. and, you know, having good morals. That's true. So, anyway. Um, we know a few morals. They go to our church. Um, I think that's Morel. <laughs> oh, you're right. I know, I know a moral I used to work with. Haven't heard from him in years. I hope he's doing well. Hope to hear from you again, Andrew. I know you're not listening to this, but if you do, miss you, buddy. Um, anyway. Uh, so she's doing her vegetables. Oh, yeah, okay. So we kind of get to that quick scene. This is where Shabbat dinner's, like, happening. People are ready to go, and they're setting and it they're, all up. And they're cutting from table to table to table. You're seeing exactly. all the characters now. So you're seeing um, Simon's wife set up. You're seeing Mary set up. You're seeing mm -hmm. Nicodemus set up. You're seeing Matthew attempt to go over to his parents' house. He peeks in through the window. You know, says he's like, looks at his dog, and he's like, "Oh, if there's, any, if there's anything left, I'll feed you when I come back." Goes over there with his own food that he cooked, and then just peeks in, turns around, says, "Never mind, I'm not going to deal with this." Goes back home, shares the food with the dog. Well, he he's outside on yeah. the street. Yep. And you see a little bit in the... F uh, I actually start to feel bad for Matthew at that point. Oh, you didn't feel bad for him before? Well, I felt... Oh, I mean... <laughs> I mean, okay. I mean, yeah. this, like, this really brought into, okay, is everything he's doing with his job, which I can understand because I think we've all done it to one degree or another, the relationship that he's missing out with his father... Because he's being upfront with Quintus, because he's being upfront with these guys, mm -hmm. he's looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking <laughs> 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 Panub. But he's he, he's he's trying to he's trying to pretend to be something he's not. Right. With Quintus, with what I forget his name. Is it Gaius? Gaius, yeah. Um he he's trying to be all these things because he is lacking that relationship somewhere else with his father. Right. Which is amazing that even when Jesus finally comes into the scene, which I'm, I haven't seen it yet, but I read scripture once or twice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wait, how wait, much they meet? 
Uh, Whoa. <laughs> uh, when did episode nine? <laughs> no. Um, the Jesus, you know, it just shows that how much, even with the people, the when we're lacking in this, those areas, how much he can actually fulfill that. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, let's look at that, I mean, as as any real situation. So me, um, I mean, you and I have very different histories when it comes to, you know, our fathers, you know, our relationship with our father. Mm-hmm. You grew up and your father was always there. I grew up and my father was somewhere, you know, like not like completely out of my life, but, you know, I didn't have that, like, father-son, like, my dad's there, to, you know, show me all the things I needed to know at the time. And since then, we've, we've reestablished and we have an amazing relationship now. And right. this, is, this is actually since I accepted Christ where I learned to forgive him and to actually apologize for having resentment against him. But right. besides that, it was a matter of because I didn't get the affirmation from my dad, I tended to... And it's so funny because 11 years old is like this turning point in my life. It's where I... Um, Got rid of my Boston accent. Started started pronouncing my R's. Um, it was for a reason. It was for a point. Are you you purposefully? I purposefully changed the way I spoke. I taught myself to speak differently because I'm not. I'm like I don't want to sound like him. I don't want to. I mean, it wasn't like you know, eh, Dad, get out of here. I don't want to be like you. But it was. It was like I'm going to be my own person. I'm not going to try to f- walk in this person's footsteps. I want to. I want to get good grades. I want to be respected. Um, for for being smart in these other areas, I wanted to learn how to play guitar, trying you know, to prove something to yourself and to him, and to him, and those I dang inner vows. Yeah, and that was the biggest thing. Is like I was constantly trying to do that, and I was always seeking the approval. And it's funny because I find myself still doing it now to a point of father figure characters, like people in authority levels. So I mean, I'll even talk to people within our church. And when I talk to them, like, hey, how's everything going? And I and I kind of go through a status report. Oh, I've been doing this and I've been doing that, and I'm and this is where I'm here, and I came to this revelation about this, and things are going great, and blah blah blah. And I'm like, I'm giving them the status report. And I'm like, why? How do I respond? How am I supposed <clears throat> to respond here? Because I don't know how to have a relationship with somebody in authority, right? Because I didn't have that authority growing up where it was just like a normal thing. I can't talk to our pastor. I don't know how to talk to him. I have no idea how. And of course, we've got Dan Lee who comes down and prophesies, you two need to spend more time together. And I'm like, well, that's going to be awkward. <laughs> I have no idea how that's going to go. I mean, mainly, I... Beca- may- mainly because we're both super busy. I mean, especially, you know, our pastor. But anyway. Well, see, that's, that's, that's weird because my, one of my early childhood memories with my father is we woke up early one day. And we went outside of the house, and he said to me, just look around. Everything that the light touches <laughs> I knew you is your kingdom. <laughs> Don't even do this. I knew it. I saw it way before you think I saw it. As soon as you said you got up and you looked around, I'm like, no, no. Okay. Well, I, inqu- I was, it was ex- ex- and he looked over and said, except for that area over there. That's Lynn. You don't go there. Well, I was... <laughs> Well, I asked about the, 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 the shadowy area, and he yeah. says, we don't, that's, we don't go there. Yeah. And it's crazy because, you know, I was having a conversation with my, my uncle. Okay, are you still going on with this? <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Whatever. I was, I was opening up here, man. But no, in reality, that's the thing is, like, when you have that sense of, like, you, your father 
um, you're trying to gain the respect of your father, mm -hmm. you will try to find it in different ways, and you will try to excel in different areas, even if it's something that they don't that they well, wouldn't appreciate, because you want to get that affirmation from right. some type of authority. And just to give you, you know, a little bit some real backstory of me, I grew up. My dad is, you know, he's he's always been one of my best friends. Well, now, um, growing up, he was my dad, and as a teenager, I didn't like him that much. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> He he was more the the perfect. He was a perfectionist with me, and I always felt like I was gonna fail my father. And you know, if I don't do it the right way, if I mess up here, even today, mm. um, it's funny. I got this. I got this Wing Chun dummy. I was able to. It's like a wall mountable one. Yeah. And I used the wrong screws to nail it to the <laughs> wall. And he comes over and he pulls on it and it comes loose and I'm like you broke it did you put the anchors in I used the wrong screws so did, did, did you put the anchors in yes I just used the wrong screws so there was no th <laughs> so the thread there was no thread so it was loose so my dad's like I didn't break it you used the wrong screws and I'm like no you broke it so we went to Home Depot got the stuff but even a little bit of me was like because he was he was joking he goes see He's like, you're welcome. I fixed your problem. I'm like, <laughs> like it eats at me. But it was at the same time, it was still refreshing to be able to sit there and you know have the con. We fix it together. We, right, we have right. to talk about it. But you know, the good, the cool thing here, and what I'm trying to go with this is whether you have a dad in your life or you don't, or you have a mom in your life or you don't, or mm -hmm. you've lost somebody or you haven't lost, you always will always have an issue growing up with past hurts and stuff. Right. And the cool thing is here, we see that with Simon, we see that with Mary, we see that with Matthew. Exactly. And the phenomenal thing is we even see that with Nicodemus, who's mm -hmm. who apparently looks like he's got everything together. Mm -hmm. But the phenomenal thing is, is in the long run, Jesus is what brings salvation to all of that. Right, right. And brings we're, we're healing all to all of that. We're all broken. And it's just, we all have different stories, apparently, Lee... You know, obviously, Lee and I have, we, we both have drastically different stories. Right. Um, I mean, me being the rock star that I am. and oh, I know. You growing up, you know, it's, you know. I know. Totally different. Stealing cars and, you know, all, all, all those, yeah. I mean, geez, I, I lived in, like, five different countries. <laughs> yeah. Um, but <laughs> Jesus died for all of us. He came for all of us. And I think that's what's cool about this show is it's, it, we go back to the realism of it all, but it's just really showing that as messed up as we think we are and we read Scripture and how together sometimes we think that Paul or Peter or Matthew or James or John, they all had it together. Nope. No, no. They, well, that's pretty clear in Scripture, too. <laughs> yeah, it's just... But, I mean, the, we we all compare ourselves to those to those people. We're like, oh wow, Matthew made the Bible. Like he made yeah. it into the Bible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But he made it in there because of the redemption of Christ, mm -hmm. not because of his own. Right. Not because of who he is. Right. Well, um, he was used. Right. He he was used by God to do what he did, and in turn has inspired us and filled us in on everything, the entire account of Jesus. Right. It's amazing. Matthew was like my go-to book for the longest time. Right. And I've kind of hopped around. I, I really love Luke. 
but anyway. So to get back to this, though, you see them going back and forth from house to house, setting up, setting up. They all have, you know, their candles that they said. They, they have specific candles, Shabbat candles. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all setting up. In the midst of all these, you know, cuts from scene to scene, um, they all start eating dinner. And then you see um, Simon up and leave. <laughs> yeah, they're getting there. Before that, before they even get to that point, um, there, there's one thing that I, I laugh at, and it, it reminds me of a Captain America part. <laughs> but, I mean, I'll get there in a sec anyway. But the whole thing with Nicodemus is standing there. Um, and this is, this is the part that I, I subtitled, and I was so happy that I did. Because as Nicodemus is standing there, just, like, looking around at, like, all of this, all these people there who are just like, oh, we're rich and oh, we're Pharisees and oh, we're gonna have this splendid meal because we're the best and haha. If you have the subtitles on, you can hear what his wife is saying, and she's just going on explaining how expensive the dinnerware is and how blessed they are to to be able to eat off of it. And it's really, like, I missed all of that. I know it's all it's all in the subtitles because it's it's very muffled in the background, but they put it there, and I'm like, this is amazing because she's just like, oh. Um, we're you're so lucky to have this, and I and I we're honored that you'll get to eat off of this plate. <laughs> it's I'm like oh my god, it's so having that on top of him, you know, Nicodemus looking around like, are you kidding me? What is this? This is not as we heard at the beginning. What Shabbat dinner is about? Family, our people, and God. Right. It's about them, them, and and themselves. And it's like okay, that's so. I, I love it, and at one point, um, he's ta- he's talking about it, and he's just kind of sharing the history of the tapestry, and she's like, why don't you tell me about it? And she's, you know, all like, yeah, because you're awesome, and you're great, you're the greatest thing ever, because you're supposed to be, and that's whatever. So he's talking about, like, in the d- back in the days where they weren't able to worship, and he just goes, who's suppressing our, our worship now? Like, what is it that's causing us to not be able to do this? And she's like, oh, well, you know, blah, 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 whatever, move on. You know, blah. He's like, yeah, well, okay. She's like, the whole wise and, and beautiful and all that stuff. And he says it nice back to her, but you can tell he's kind of just looking and saying, oh, my God, this is just such a shallow situation right. here. And immediately after that, this other Pharisee shows up with his wife, and they're like, we're so blessed to be here. Thank you so much. You make us whole. And he just gets so upset and his face goes from like cordial to just so up so mad and he goes only god can do that <laughs> and she's like uh oh like his wife is like um what do i say, uh, c- do I say? come in <laughs> but it, it just reminds me of the of the line <laughs> um oh yeah it was it was in the first avengers movie and, and she and peggy or no, no, not Peggy. Peggy's not in it. Um, the first Avengers movie, they said, oh, don't don't interfere with Thor and Loki. She goes, they're gods. And he goes, there's only one god, ma'am. I'm pretty sure they don't dress like that. <laughs> it's one of the best Avengers lines. And it's, I mean, it's, it's early cap before he kind of loosened up a little bit. But it was just, <laughs> it was great. Hey, language. Language. I was going <laughs> to Language. But anyway, no, I just, I love where it's like, you make us whole. Only God can do that. Yeah, oh, uh, okay. And it just, it was awkward, but perfectly done. Right. It was comedic, but not comedic, because you can tell he's just like, he's had it. He's done with it. But he's going to go through the motions, because that's what he's supposed to do, right? So again, we kind of switch over to Mary. 
you know, she's got she's got some friends coming by for dinner. You got Barnaby, Barnaby, um, the other woman. Oh, I forgot her name. Barbie. He reminds me of somebody. I couldn't put my finger on it though. He does remind me of somebody. I don't remember who. Yeah. Anyway, the other one's name. She's the blind woman who comes in. And I love how they point that out. She's like, obviously, he sees that. Yeah, well, that's what was funny. She's like, oh yeah, he's blind. She's blind. You're like, yeah. Oh, oh, was I? Oh, okay. But they're just again, they're just joking on each other, right? And it's it's just a fun time. Barnaby's a funny dude, and as they're there, she's trying to figure stuff out. Um, you've got Thaddeus and James. Is it Thaddeus and James? Yeah, who show up, and and this is my second favorite scene of the whole. Oh, of course. Show. <laughs> so Thaddeus, they they arrive. And you can tell they don't know Mary, but they were sent there. Someone said, oh, go there. Okay. So she's like, oh, I've got room. Yeah, I I guess. Yeah, come on in. Sure. But that's strange. I don't know these people. But, hey, it's... It's Shabbat. Come on in. And so... Well, then they they point out, oh, there's an extra chair. And she's like... Yes. Well, that's... That's... That's Seder. That's for Passover. Yes. Oh, well, I guess I'll just... You know, I, I'll just I'm being prepared for the next time. Yeah, well, you that know? was he's like that's for Elijah, right? That's that's set there for Elijah. Oh yeah, that's only for Passover. Oh silly me! And the thing is, she's been going this whole I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I just I don't know this anymore it's her first because time hosting everything is her first time because she's been so stuck in with the demons and everything for all this time. She hasn't lived a normal life like everybody else, so she's. She's nervous. She's right. awkward about it. But, I mean, everybody else is like, hey, it's fine. Like, chill out. You're doing it a great job because right. we know where you were at. You know, but she's just, she's excited, but she's nervous. And right. so she's there. She's getting embarrassed. And I'm sitting there. I remember when I first her- her- uh, heard that, I'm like, how did they get there? Oh, oh, I bet you Jesus invited them. And then who knocks at the door? And this is by this part right here. This part on is my, fi- is my, it's my first, it's my, the Nicodemus scene was my first favorite scene. This is my next favorite scene. So who, who's at the door? <laughs> who is it? It's me. Me who? Me. Ring? I'm confused. Lisa <laughs> <laughs> over here holding over about a bell, about to ring a bell. I'm confused. Well, you shouldn't have just looked. Just just pay attention to oh. whatever. Anyway. Um. Oh, it's Jesus. Ding. You got it. It was Jesus. Um, <laughs> hey, look, we have sound effects now. But <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool. She answers the door, and they're having this conversation, and you see on his face, like, "Are you gonna let me in?" Yeah, but, but she's but he's not like a jerk about it. Right? He's, he's just, just kind of like he's just sitting there, and they're talking, and she's like, "Yeah," and he's like, he kind of shrugs his shoulders, like, "You gonna let me in?" Like, "Are you gonna?" Just leave me out here, <laughs> and I'm like, could this get any more awkward? And then she invite, she invite, she's like, yeah, yeah, come on in, come on in. She invites him in, and he sits down. And I don't know if you notice it or not, but he looks over at, um, Jason Thaddeus. Yeah, and he winks at him. Yeah, and I'm oh, like, yeah. yeah, I'm like, what's going on? Like he just, I got this. And I'm like, oh yeah. Oh no, it's it's awesome. Jesus is being weird. <laughs> like, what <laughs> is he doing? First, he's, and it's just cool because it just shows that he, as much as he embodied God, he also embodied mankind. Yeah, and he was just like, yeah, you let me in. Yeah, I got like wink, wink. I got this. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. funny. Um, and then what is so cool is they call 
this is the part I get confused because they call him rabbi. Yep. And he goes, yeah, these are my disciples. My students. Yeah. My students. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mary goes, oh, so why don't you lead Shabbat dinner? And he goes, no, no, I'm at your house. Right. You do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, wh- what? How? Okay, so let's go back. I mean, obviously, she's just like, she knows that he's some guy that she can't explain who somehow cured her of this infestation with demons. Right, and she even asks, what's your name? And he's like, yeah. Jesus. Jesus. Just just like just like Mary said, you and know, the, his mother. Shepherd, Jesus. Yeah. Like, that's my Jesus. name. Jesus. And we're all like, oh, Jesus. Jesus. He's like, <laughs> like my name's Chuck. Not, my name's Chuck. <laughs> Lee. <laughs> Dusty Lee. <laughs> Dusty Lee? <laughs> so. <laughs> but no, he's just so, again, he's just, this is my name, and my name is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, okay. And then she's like, since you're a rabbi, do you want to um, lead the Shabbat dinner? And he right. goes, no, no, this is your house. Right. You lead. And it just, it, so what I was getting at was it makes me think, like, obviously she knows this and knows what she knows of him. What would you do if Jesus showed up at your house for dinner? Like you, Chuck. And you're like, you're sitting there like, okay, and you're in that position. And he goes, oh, are you going to lead us in prayer? Wouldn't you be like, uh, you're clearly more qualified <laughs> to, to lead this. Like, be like, like, can you just I mean, I just start off, our father who... Sits at my table. <laughs> Hallowed be thy name. <laughs> um, Dear you. you. <laughs> thank, I, you thank you. Thank you. you. <laughs> thank you. Thank <laughs> uh, like, you. I, it would be... I would be nervous. I would be a wreck. Oh, yeah. I, w- I would be... Because I've always wondered. Okay. So if... Jesus or an angel or like if I'm driving, if I'm in my car by myself driving, and let's say an angel or Jesus just appeared in the passenger seat next to me, mm-hmm. how would I respond? Because obviously, I think about it. I, first, I mean, besides swerving off the road because something just randomly showed up in your, <laughs> your right. car seat. Aside from that, because um, ultimately, if he is the bringer of peace, would I be at total peace knowing it's him? Mm-hmm. Or would I be terrified beyond belief because some guy just appeared in my car? <laughs> uh, right. It would be a mixed feeling. Yeah. I just got images of, like, Bruce Almighty where Morgan Freeman just kept kind of popping up everywhere. <laughs> Hi, Bruce. <laughs> Who was that Star Wars meme? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, you want me to share the Star Wars meme? Go for uh, well, it. It's, so it's... <laughs> No, we'll talk about that another oh, time. <laughs> you brought Morgan Freeman into this. Well, there was a time. <laughs> I can't even do it. No, I can't do it on this note. Uh, As no, it would turn it, out, Anakin would, in fact, be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I just, I, I think about that situation, too. And then when I, when I saw this scene again, so aside from the fact that, like, she was saving a seat for Elijah... And then she's like, oh, well, I've got this chair. And it was perfectly planned out, and here's Jesus. Now, I know Jesus was not the second coming of Elijah. That was John, is what they were kind of getting at. Right. Um, so that's like, okay, well, it was John. 
um, who was the voice shouting in the wilderness that Jesus was coming. Right. And but still, it's like that seat is there for God's anointed for, you know, it was just it it fell into place. It was so perfect. But um, I, I really really enjoyed that. And the oh, wink was my favorite that. part. The wink was good. The wink um, was awesome. He's like, oh, I'm. Because well, he, <laughs> he's just he's like. It was that wink of like, get ready for something. Yeah. I got this. And like, I was like, Jesus is winking. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it was such a sly, like, gotcha. And I was like, did that really just like, it threw me, because it threw me. Because I was like, he's he's really showing that he's down to earth. Mm-hmm. He's funny. Literally. Literally down to earth. <laughs> um, Chris Rock. <laughs> just keep moving on please um <laughs> it's getting late um no but it, it just showed that jesus was in a way he was being kind of funny while being serious yeah and he was because he's teaching these two obviously mm-hmm. and it, I, what that said to me was he had a conversation with them earlier mm-hmm. that something was going to happen, and now he's winking, saying, here it is. Well, Get ready point, for it. To a point. It's like he basically said, do this, and they're like, we'll do that. I, I don't think they knew anything that was going to happen, per se. It was just like, trust me. It's, it's more just a trust me wink. Right. Trust me. And if you think about it, when we're talking about teachers, the best teachers that you can remember were just like Jesus in this scene. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the way he is. And I mean, that's how you learn the best when somebody is on that level where they're not just sitting there doing some lecture, reading through the book, the teacher's version of the book, whatever, teacher's edition that has all the answers there and like an X over Y, blah, blah, blah. But when you have somebody who interacts with you, who has a, a who jokes with you, but not just joking all the time, there's right. a there's a firm understanding of like we're doing stuff here, but I'm a human. I'm, right. I'm a That's human. I can be whatever. The disciples of Jesus, well, they were seeing him get in the mix of life. Right. Where the rabbis and the Pharisees that you saw, we wouldn't go near. Exactly. You know, so it was all yeah. lip service. Yep. And Jesus was like, no, I'm going to live out exactly what I'm telling you to do mm-hmm. and what I'm teaching you. Exactly. And I'm going to show you. Um, well. That, that to me, that... The wink alone made that. I don't know why, but the wink alone made that whole scene worth it to me. It gets better. His, his relationship. Oh yeah, because you've only gone this far. You haven't even seen anything after this. Okay. No. His relationship with people, and you see him more and more. Um, it's just it's beautiful to see how he interacts with people. So we'll we'll see it grow as as it goes on. Um, anyway, we've got Barnaby there, who, as he says, he's like, "Oh, I'm Jesus." I'm from Nazareth. <laughs> and then something like, good does come out of Nazareth. <laughs> yeah, he just like, well, apparently something. Oh, oh. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. Like, apparently something good can come from Nazareth. Ah, oh, uh, see, toned down. Um, but that's and it's just it's funny because again we kind of go back to the pilot, which wasn't even part of the show, but for us because we watched it, we're like, oh, that's funny because they, you know, there was the whole joke on it, but they came back again. Um. But yeah, it, it is what it is. It's and it's it's great. It's all together, and they're just they're just sharing life. They're having fun. It's basically what our life group is like when we get together. We joke with each other. We we 
we get real with each other, and it's it's nice to see that come together. And it's like Jesus did that, you know. Right. Jesus did that, and again, watching the show, it's not like it's unbiblical. It says that he did stuff like this. It says this is how he interacted with well, people. I, he was with them and he taught, and he but he but he shared life with them. Right. And I think if you look throughout Scripture, or at least the Gospels, when you when you're seeing the life of Christ, a lot of his he didn't go out of his way to do miracles. No. His miracles happen in the midst of life happening. Right. So, and one thing that I've been learning is to this this notion of, you know, doing life out of being with Christ mm-hmm. versus doing for Christ, and that is my life. Right. So that's something I was thinking about recently. We were we were talking about this, I think, this past week again. Where I mean, even there's the Great Commission. It's like go and and make disciples and and everything. And it's it's not so much go like so we we get hung up on this whole thing of missions, right? Where we have to go out and we have to like what what's the thing that I'm I'm it's sent just, out to no, go it's do? Go about life. Go about life. It's as you go. Right. Not just go. It's as you go. As we go through our life. As we go to our job. As we wait for the bus. As we raise our you know, kids. Raise our children. Those are yeah. like our top disciples. Because right. I believe you know. Imagine if you have two or three kids and you disciple those two or three kids and then they have two or three kids mm-hmm. and they teach their kids what you taught them. And then so on and so forth. You're affecting generations. Exactly, and that's yep. huge. Yep. And you know, Jesus didn't. He, he wasn't going around and oh, I'm going to do a miracle here, and oh, I'm going to teach this here. I'm going to teach. No, he was like, you know what? I'm going to live life, mm-hmm. and out of relationship, out of getting to know people, he could do his ministry. Right. He didn't do his ministry to have relationship. He had his relationship, and that was his ministry. Exactly. And I, I think that a lot of Christians, we we get the notion of this go and do, go and do, go and do mm. so much that we forget the fact that Jesus went, but he went along with life. Right. And in the midst of that, all the crazy miracles happened. I mean, his first big recorded miracle was turning water into wine. What was he doing? He was chilling out at a wedding. Yeah. You know? Um, when he healed the lame man that came out through a roof, what was he doing? He was chilling out in a person's house. Um, uh, on that note, many of you have seen all the Bernie Sanders pictures. Oh, God. Well, there is a scene in The Chosen where the man is brought down through the the roof on the ropes, and they put they put Bernie Sanders as that guy. <laughs> I didn't expect to see a chosen one. After all the other ones I've seen, there's the WandaVision one, this, that, Star Trek, Star Wars, everything. But no, they've got they're lowering Bernie Sanders down through the roof to go meet Jesus, <laughs> and I couldn't stop laughing. So I'm sorry, but yeah. So we, when when Bernie got down, did he feel the burn? I don't know. He might have. <laughs> he might have. No, but. Jesus was, I mean, he was, he was teaching people, but he was in someone's home doing life church. Yeah. A home church. Mm-hmm. A, lot of his, a lot of his miracles happened along the way of life. He didn't go out of his way. And I feel like, you know, us as Christians, we try so much to go out of our ways to make these things happen versus just realizing that mm. letting life happen, going along with life. And, I mean, it says in Scripture that we're going to entertain angels. Mm-hmm. We won't even know it, right? Um, but we're not gonna 
go looking for it. We're going to be living life. Mm-hmm. And when we get to heaven and Jesus, you know, we say, but I didn't, he says, for the least of these you do for me. Right. So are we, you know. That's that's the thing that, get, that can help get people out of the performance mindset. Right. Recognizing that and understanding it and, and truly believing it can get us out of that performance mindset. Those of us who are trying to do better, trying to impress, you know, the authority figure or whatever, because a lot of people look at God as this authority figure, not as a father. You know, they have the orphaned mentality, and that's right. where you get stuck in that performance, you know, this, like, I well, have to do... Well, they look at God as an authoritarian, right. not just an authority, because yeah. he is an authority figure. He is yeah, our well, yeah. authority. But, 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 he's, but people get more authoritarian than, right. you know, like... You're going to be damned if you do and damned if you don't versus, mm-hmm. nope, <clears throat> there's grace, there's mercy. He's right. teaching us. He's showing us. And the reason why we can learn is because the part that we we overlook or we, we, we gloss over it too easily is the relationship aspect. Mm-hmm. And what's so cool about this is you get to see the relationship build. Right. Oh yeah, because totally. he was invited into her house. He he's building relationship with Mary, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's uh, it, it's yeah, it's amazing. They do a, they do a fantastic. This is so far. I can't wait for the next episode. Oh well, it's yeah. And so I think just to kind of like tighten up what we were just talking about, though, though there's there's two things, and for somebody who's a very black and white thinker like me, and me, yeah, I mean, you say okay, Jesus, he's my Lord and Savior. What was the one thing that stuck out there? He's my savior. We forget he's my lord. Right. Mm, okay, so there's a balance to it where it's like we are to serve him, but he has served us. Right. So there's a, there's a back and forth, there's a reciprocating relationship there, and a lot of people get stuck on the he's my lord, he's my lord, he's my lord, or he's my savior, he's my savior. So I can just sit back and do whatever because he's already saved me, or I have to keep on doing because I'm not good enough to be right. saved. That's what, that's where it says in Scripture that we can love him because he first exactly. loved us. Exactly. You know, and we need to recognize that he came for us, he died for us, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Mm. He put himself in such a position where it's like, and I was, you know, I was having a conversation with my wife earlier, and I was talking with her about even the things that I'm learning, you know, with submitting to my authority. And I'm like, you know, mm. even in those times where, you know, because I had a conversation with my, with my boss that last week because I was going through some stuff, and I'm like, wow, I thought he was completely out of line, and like. He actually, in some cases, could have caused more issues than I thought. And I have total respect for my boss. Mm. But I was like, I could sit here and be mad at him for this. Or maybe he's having a bad day. Mm -hmm. Maybe something's going on with him. And me just honoring him, submitting to him, even though I feel like he's being a jerk and going, okay, you know what? I apologize for my actions. And then in my heart saying, you know what, Father, forgive him, for he knows not what he what he does. Right. It's in those times that it's like that's when he's calling us to stand up. Right. Because if it was easy, it wouldn't be as worth it. Right. 
the whole knows not what he does situation is what is what got me to that point of actually forgiving and asking for forgiveness for my father. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, so what was huge about that is my father, I felt, was not around. And I felt that I was not, I, he was not around because he just didn't care. When in reality, he was not around because he just didn't realize where he needed to be around. Why right. was that? His father was never around. He never, he didn't know his father. His father left before he was of age to really get it. Like, he was probably like one. So he never, doesn't have any memory of his dad. He just did what he knew. And on top of it, I found out, so when I was a kid, my mother um, basically packed me up and herself, and we moved away and left my father. I always thought that my grandfather, who, you know, I don't, didn't know, left them. No, the exact same thing happened where my grandmother packed up my dad and his sister and left my, my dad's dad left him. Oh, wow. So when this all happened, and then years later, the same thing happened to my dad. I was like, oh, wow. It, it put my dad in a whole different light where it's like, how does he feel right now? Right. How has he felt for the past, like, 25 years plus? Right. You know, like, he didn't know his dad. He was lacking the dad there. And then the same thing that happened to, you know, happened to him. So he probably feels I'm just like this guy who I never knew who, you know, we left for this reason and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wow, that's so condemning. You know, so you know, I pray for him and everything like that. But it's still all together it just comes down to you don't realize how many things, how many generations right. something goes back. You don't realize back. what, just by looking at it, what somebody else is going through. Right. And that's, and that's, a, that's a common thing that even non-Christians understand to a point or can... can Blurred they out. They can rationalize it yeah, to a degree. Yeah, and that's right. the thing there, but still, what it comes down to is, like, there's a lot of hurt. Tons of people have hurt, and the reason why there are people that we can perceive as somebody who's evil or, you know, selfish or anything like that, there's a reason for it. It doesn't justify them, but you can get a better insight once you realize, oh, they're not just doing it because they're greedy for whatever reason. It's because something happened to them at one point that's, right. you know, led them down that path. Right. So... I don't know it it helps you to, it helps you to love people better once you look at it that way, but anyway, let's uh, let's wrap up over here. Um, so basically, as the show goes on, it's showing everybody praying at the same time, so the prayers happening and it's kind of cutting between who's doing it and what's happening, and um, we see Simon getting up, leaving Andrew and Eden behind, and then he shows up at the beach, goes up there to the beach, and the centurion centurions come up behind him. You know, and they're, like, ready to go. And it's like, okay, what's going to happen now? What's going to happen? And it just goes, that's it. Right, right. to the credits. You're like, oh, okay. So you're going you're to leave us there now. All right. So this whole episode was really leading up to, is he going to do it? Like, is he going to get there? And we're going to see in the next episode or, you know, the next time we see uh, Simon. Did I call him Peter again? Oh, whatever. I, I know he's going to be Peter eventually, so spoiler alert. <laughs> but um, For those yeah. who haven't read Scripture, <laughs> read it. Um, Jesus yeah. does come again, too. Oh, yep. Yeah, he does. So, yeah, I think it's just, it, it's really cool the way they ended this and the way that they're leading into the next episode. You know, um, I I want to say the next episode. I don't have it in front of me. If it's Jesus loves the little children, yeah, that one. That's the first one I watched with my kids. They loved it. 
And I was like, okay. So then we went back to episode one and they liked that. So I watched Shabbat with them yesterday when I was taking some notes and they, they, they love the show. They were like, can we watch The Chosen? And I'm like, even my kids are enjoying this. Right. And it's not like, I, it's surprising because anything else that's like this level of, of seriousness would lose their attention super quick. But they sit down and intently watch the show with me. Right. And, I, and my, my girls are five and three. That's something. Right. That's, that's something. <laughs> There's an anointing on this. So it's, it's really, really cool. So, yeah, to close up, let's just hope and pray that um, we'll both be here next week um, because Lee, you know, hasn't forgiven me for being 45 minutes late <laughs> and for, you know, choosing to hang out with my wife on my birthday. Oh, you uh, said you were going to sleep. I oh, now I see. I said I'm hanging out. I said <laughs> I had a choice between you and my wife. Just saying. So, <laughs> if I've been forgiven for those two things by next week, um, you'll hear from me. If not, um, yeah, that's just, you know, it's just evidence that where Lee is at right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some growing to do. <laughs> well, thanks, everybody. <laughs> it's been a great conversation. Um, yeah, keep an eye out for stuff we've got coming out. So this will be coming out every day, or every, every day. Every day we'll put this out. No, every week um, we'll put this out on Shabbat, <laughs> on Sabbath, the Saturday. Um, it's strange. Do you know, while we're here, do you know when, you know, like Christians decided to say Sunday was the Sabbath as opposed to Saturday? I. All right, we'll ask Steve. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I always wondered that. Well, the one thing I do know is I have done over the past year um, a little bit more research on just resting in God and taking Sabbath and stuff like that. Did mm. you realize, one, it is one of the Ten, the ten Commandments. It's mm-hmm. the fifth one, fourth one. But did you realize it's the longest ten of the Ten Commandments? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it shows that it is... I was reading a book, and it's like, they're like, okay, we need to take rest on Sabbath too. Mm-hmm. Because the guy was, I was reading the book, he was like, um, God rested. And everything you go, God, like if we think that yeah. we can handle it, but God rested. Right. But we're we okay. No, God, God re- rested. God worked <laughs> six days and rested the seventh. And God created the Sabbath for man. Mm-hmm. He didn't create men for Sabbath. He created Sabbath for men. And there's been research done that if you actually take Sabbath, and you rest on, not like veg out on the couch and watch TV, but right. you don't go to work, you don't do work on the house, like you just enjoy relationship, enjoy family, go to church, do your things. They've actually found evidence that it actually, if you take, if you did Sabbath every day, every, day, every week, <laughs> it actually, it actually extends the person's life by almost 10 years. Wow. Wow. Resting once a week could extend your life by, on average, an, an, an extra 10 years. Hmm. That's phenomenal. So what if you take two Sabbaths a week, then? Would that be 20 years? I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how to get the best deal here. <laughs> yeah. So if I take a day off every day... Well, so, so I've, I've changed my workout plan where I'm actually taking Saturday and Sunday off. Maybe it's not a good idea, but it's really nice <laughs> to take the two days off for my workout. 
because Saturdays Saturdays get a little hectic. And I mean, if I can get the kids to work out with me, I'll go do that. But if I'm doing that, I'm upstairs, and the cat keeps biting my head when I'm trying to do push-ups. I, he, you've met him. <laughs> anyway. I'm not gonna ask how the heck that happens. He just likes—I don't know—he likes to eat hair. He's a weird cat. He was doing it earlier today. Whatever. And anyway. on that note, <laughs> we will see you all next week. Have a great night. See, we got cameras in their houses. What are you talking about? We will talk to you guys next week. (laughs) 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 You'll hear from us. (laughs) All right, you guys have a good one. Thanks for tuning in. It was a pleasure, guys. Have a great night.